I'm Dick Moberg, and for more than 40 years, I've been developing technology to advance our understanding of the injured brain. I've had a chance to work with some of the leading minds in the field of neuromonitoring, including physicians, researchers, and entrepreneurs. I want to share their stories with you in the form of a weekly podcast so you can stay current on the latest developments in the field and the innovative people behind them. This is my neural network. All right, this is Dick Moberg, and uh, my guest for this podcast is uh, Dr. Garrett Meifroyd, and he is the Associate Professor of Medicine in, um, in Leuven. And uh, his associate, Bart, just walked in the door. <laughs> so, um, so anyway, welcome. So, uh, Bart, you are a... Neurosurgeon. Great. I knew that. But I just wanted to make sure I got that <laughs> yeah. right. That's great. Cool. And, and I'm uh, an intensivist. Intensivist. Okay, great. So, you know, um, first of all, I want to thank you two for putting on a fabulous meeting. I mean, it's a real eye-opener, and it's, you know, not only the content here, but I've really enjoyed Leuven a lot, and probably <laughs> probably more than I should have, but <laughs> it's good. So, tell me about uh, putting on this meeting, and uh, did it meet your expectations? Yeah, it went far beyond our expectations, actually. We should, I should give the credit to Bart because three years ago he got the idea like we should pitch for the ICP meeting because you, you pitch, it's a meeting that's organized every three years on a different continent and it was Europe's turn. And Bart said, look, we're going to go for it. He prepared it very well. He pitched it. And we got it because he, he gave them an offer they couldn't refuse. <laughs> that was chocolate and beer, right? Exactly, exactly. exactly. that was it. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm the kind of guy that's usually um, uh, rather ambitious. And then afterwards, I think, how the hell am I going to do that? But but it was like time-wise, we had a couple of papers out in 2014-15 that were to us actually very relevant and that like conceptualized our ideas. And we thought the moment is, is perfect. It's the perfect timing probably to bring ICP to Leuven to network and to to give ourselves like a little spot uh, in the world uh, and to, to take it further from there. So th so that's what we tried to do and, and that's how it went. And, and I'm very fortunate that he had jumped on the train and we could do it together. Yeah. That's good. How many people showed up? We have uh, we had over 350 uh, uh, participants. We had almost 200 abstracts that were sent in, of which about 70 uh, were presented orally, and the others were uh, uh, show, uh, were shown as posters and presented as posters. Delegates from 34 countries from all over the planet. So we had people from New Zealand, Australia, Japan, China, South Africa, all over Europe, South America, North America. So it was truly amazing. I didn't expect that international crowd from so far uh, here in Leuven. Yeah, and I got to meet a lot of those people. It was great for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was out drinking with the New Zealand guy for a couple of nights. There. <laughs> yeah, was, and it's a great town to do that. That's good. So, um, you know, the content of this meeting was was phenomenal. But I uh, I saw a lot of it coming from your institution here. And I, yeah. I was very impressed. And tell me how you built up the group here. It's actually, uh, we joined two groups, that's the thing. So uh, so we have the intensive care medicine group, traditionally very strong in, through our uh, head of department, Greet van den Berger, who is very strong in clinical research and bench-to-bedside research with a strong lab. And within that group, I sort of founded a small data sciences group, which was my PhD, was my scientific interest. But my clinical interest is neuro-ICU. 
And so I was very lucky to have a partner on the neurosurgery side, who is Bart, who immediately jumped on the wagon, gave us inputs, invested in monitors, and we were very rapidly, we were up to a number of very, very good insights and, and things that we thought actually started very modestly like, okay, this is something. And when we showed it to other people who said, look, this is great. And actually the first big paper for us from our group is the pressure uh, and, and time intensity curves that sort of started off as a discussion with Fabian in a way to understand what secondary injury is. And all of a sudden we had something that conceptualized a thing that people had been struggling to explain to other people for, for decades. And that was really great. And it started from their predictive models, multimodal uh, monitoring. And then the novelty now for, of the past five years has been by, uh, by the neurosurgery group is the animal model, which is absolutely uh, fantastic. You saw Sam Klein present it and, and Bart actually set it up. It was amazing. Yeah, yeah like it's like the pieces of the puzzle, like, fit together a little bit uh it started it, it started actually at neurosurgery pushing everybody to join the brain it project and so there was a database and when Geert started his data science lab then then that was something we could work on etc etc and so it was taken further and we, we work on two tracks now because we believe in big data analysis and trying to understand things but sometimes then it's necessary to go back to the physiology and then the animal lab can can work and we're only at the start of it i i believe and then the third component to that is that we are in an incredibly innovative university environment. Uh, I don't know if you saw Alan, Erber, uh, Alan Urban with his uh, yeah. functional uh, ultrasound uh, from IMEC. Uh, and those are things that are happening here. So we don't have any credit to that, but it's, it's easy to connect to those people. Um, he has an active collaboration with one of my colleagues at Neurosurgery. So it's easy to, to network with him as well. So there are lots of opportunities here. Yeah, yeah I, was, I was totally impressed. And I want to go back to the... Uh, the uh, the work that uh, Fabian did, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I just want to let you know that I think we used a cop an image of that uh, in our proposal to the DOD to get our money. So <laughs> I owe you a beer for that. Thank you. <laughs> but it's a it's a great uh, it's a great uh, way to graphically show this. And and for our listeners, do you want to just describe what that does? And what we'll do is put a link to the paper on it on this podcast. But yeah, it's it's very it? difficult to describe uh, something visual right. <laughs> in an explanation yeah. because yeah, yeah. actually, if you look at the image and you know something about uh, neuromonitored patient, you will understand it immediately. That's the strength of it. But basically, what what you're looking at on that graph, you have, you see a graph with a semi exponential curve that on the one side, on the right side, has a a red zone and on the left side has a blue zone but what we did is we you're not looking at patients you're looking at insults of icp that on average in patients are associated with good and bad outcome and of course red is bad and blue is good but what you can clearly see is that you can see the classical lines that epidemiologically I always struggle with that word were found in the in the seventies and eighties eighties by, by the other guys that above fifteen is clearly abnormal. Above twenty you start to get into trouble and, and above thirty there's almost no good insult that you can have. But what you could also see is that not just crossing the threshold is important, but it's a duration with which you cross that threshold. And you can be above 20 for certain time 
that's no problem. And then the, the best part of the analysis is where we combined our autoregulation analysis with that graph, because what you can then see is that is that if cerebrovascular autoregulation is intact, that you actually shift the curve to the right, and that actually your capacity to tolerate uh, insults of increased ICP is, is increased, and vice versa. If autoregulation is deficient, you can't tolerate uh, any insult of uh, elevated ICP. And so, of course, this is retrospective research there's no pros this is a hypothesis generating research but still has a message that can be transferred into clinic and that can because that's what we plan to do to to create a tool that people can actually have this concept at their bedside and if you have a tool at the bedside it can also be tested in the clinic and that's our idea yeah, I think it's phenomenal. Do you want to add anything? Yeah, if that? I can add to that, this was um, it's it's this was an exploration actually. It was from a discussion with Fabian. We thought, how can we visualize, and what element should be there so it's it's uh, three dimensional. But the the thing was that to our own big amazement, the demarcation between events associated with poor outcome and events associated with better outcome is such a sharp line, um, and that came back and it's been replicated by others based on the same method. And um, so there is value in that, in that thing that started as an exploration. Yeah, at this conference, we saw Joe Donnelly, who actually replicated our work in Cambridge. And he, he hasn't published it yet, but he showed it here. And it's the same graph. It's exactly the same graph, which is always good because if you publish something and it's never been replicated elsewhere, you're always yeah. worried that whether... <laughs> Is this actually true? But in a in a completely different center, they actually find the same curve, exactly the same curve. You can just put them on top of each other, and you find the same things. Yeah, no, that's a very it's very impressive. I think it's one of the one of the hits of the meeting. I heard, talked to a lot of people. <laughs> well, we we're very it. happy to see that it's been been shown uh, a couple of times by a couple of of speakers. Uh, so, but that strong observation, that strong demarcation, uh, and then adding other variables like autoregulation and age, for instance. So we we see that that curve. Shift makes it possible uh, to to integrate all that information and and, and visualize it. And that's the whole point because that's uh, there's yeah there's lots of signals, lots of data, and how do you integrate that in the head of a clinician and and in management plans? So it's a step towards that actually. That's the real meaning of it. Do you think you could get other variables in there as well? Or yeah, you could, you could, you I mean, could. I, I if you have it like PBTO two, yeah, uh, yeah. nurse. Uh, yeah. Yeah, for sure you can. This is actually the, it's the beginning. Eh? It's the beginning. We published it now almost three years ago, yeah. and it it is the beginning. We have we have several people working on that, and and it's not. I mean, we don't want to stop there, and we don't want that our findings remain sort of in an academic bubble of papers. We really want to bring things to the bedside to the benefit of other clinicians who think it can help them in their practice and hopefully also for the benefit of patients, of course. But that's difficult to show, benefit yeah. to patients. Yeah. Well, I think there's a future. And speaking of that, where do, you, where do you see you and your department and your and your research going in the next uh, five years or so? What, what do you oh. want to do? I'm, I'm, I have no career plan. So if that's the question, <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. It's just seeing and, and always looking for opportunities to improve things. Uh, and as Geert says, what we, what the mission of our group together is to try to understand the physiology and the pathophysiology and try to improve the way that monitoring information can be used in a hospital setting. Uh, and it should be implementable. If it's, if it's not, if it's just research, okay, it can be valuable, but our mission is to, to really, take acute brain injury monitoring 
to a f- next step in the hospital. Because if you look back over the past 20, 30 years, things have changed, but we're not sure that it changed the outcome a whole lot. Uh, it, it, uh, it was, I was actually struck by the results from Center TBI that it, that it didn't. The outcome curves are exactly the same as 30 years ago. So we should, uh, I, I think better smart monitoring can be a game changer, or it should be, it's our, and that's our mission. Yeah, this whole bench to bedside idea is very important. We, we keep our researchers close to the clinic, even the ones that are in the lab, even the engineers. We, we take them with us. We, we, we take them to the bed. I call them and I say, look, this is actually my problem. This is what I'm talking about. I have this guy here. His ICP is like 22, 23. Sometimes he's down to 19 and then sometimes he's up to 25. We think he's autoregulating because his PRX is zero negative. What should I do? Should I go further? Should I go to a next tier of therapy that with potential uh, terrible consequences, or should I just stay here and be 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 happy as he is? And I mean, that's that's what we do. We take them with us and and we keep them close. And they, you have to find good people, engineers or scientists or whatever who are prepared to do that. So a good data scientist is not somebody who's good with computers. I mean, they have to be good with computers. But it's not the only thing. They have to be... And actually talking... For instance, Fabian Huiza is one of the most amazing people I know because I can I can talk to him about anything and he, I can see him thinking and he can... He thinks about it. A couple of days later, he comes back with a concept. Is it like this? If I... And then he draws something and then I'm like, yeah, that's that's actually what I mean. That's how I would like it. And it's, it's so amazing to work with... with, with our, actually, we're fortunate to, to, to work with these people and we're providing them with opportunities and we're trying to stimulate them and that's that's amazing to do this setting here this city this this university is is a good place to to live and work huh? well, that's great. I, I think what we've learned here is that it's really a team right it's having a neurosurgeon that's involved with this it's having an intensivist and it's having the data scientists and the whole team passionate about this and i think you've done that here yeah, and uh, and it shows. Yeah, it's a team, and and setting up this meeting was also teamwork. Eh? Yeah. So it's it's, and I think that's the, the strength. I think the days of the individual genius. I mean, there are individual geniuses that I look up to highly, but I'm not an individual genius. So I just I'm very happy that I can work with a team that has talents that I don't have, so, so they can yeah, sort of yeah, fill yeah. in the the gaps that I have. Yeah. <laughs> Can only confirm that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, neurosurgery is we, we, we've, we've learned, neurosurgery is always collaborating with other specialists uh, in any field that we do, uh, and and I believe actually intensive care is the same. And, and actually, if you think further, it's the same for any discipline. Uh, the, the future is in 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 looking at problems from all the backgrounds that are involved, uh, even the patient background. So That's they're cool. fortunate. Cool. Well, I want to thank you both for. Uh, participating in this podcast and thank you again for a wonderful meeting and uh i really enjoyed my time here on Lewin and i'm looking forward to coming back well thank you very much Thanks. that's great so thanks for listening to this week's podcast if you enjoy these interviews please take a moment to rate and review this show on your podcast app of choice Subscribe to Dick Moberg's Neural Network to receive notifications when future installments are available. And of course, the views and opinions expressed on this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of Moberg Research, Inc. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you'll join us again soon.